Good morning and welcome to the Automation Morning Show. My name is Sean Tierney from the Automation Blog and School. And this is our second episode, episode 72, that we're doing a live stream. We're trying to go out this morning to um, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and LinkedIn. And I actually started the stream a second ago and had to stop it because I got a message about LinkedIn only supporting 30 frames per second. So I made some changes. Hopefully everybody's seeing this and everything's working okay. With that said, I hope you're having an awesome day so far today. And I want to thank you for joining me to take a look about at, uh, what's new in industrial automation. And uh, first up, I want to uh, thank our sponsor for today, which is theautomationschool.com, where I teach courses on HMI, PLC, and SCADA products. You can see them all down here in the, uh, on the, the homepage of the website. So if you're interested in online training by yours truly, you'll find it right there. Now, with that said, let's go ahead and jump into the news. Uh, Universal Robotics today had a, or Universal Robotics recently, let me say it that way. Universal Robotics recently uh, released a press release about their uh, new software platform, the Polyscope X platform. Now, what's cool about this? Well, this is supposed to, because it's a brand new package, it was designed to really simplify uh, setting up machine tending programs. So if you need to program your cobot, you know, you're changing over products, this is supposed to make that super easy and simple and quicker. And so very interesting. I've never used the Polyscope product previously, but uh, this is a pretty big deal for anybody who's using universal robots or considering uh, a cobot for uh, installation at their facility. Uh, we also have Maple System announcing a couple of new box PCs being added to their line. We have um, two here. We have their IPC 2210 and IPC 2110. The 2210 has a quad-core Atom uh, CPU and the 2110 has a Celeron. And you can see all the, the um, specifications here. One of the things I thought that was interesting was they still offer serial ports. So for those of you who need uh, serial ports, you may want to check out these products. Uh, Maple Systems also had a press release about their new CMTs. So these are their HMIs, and they have a 3108 XP, which is a 10.1 inch, and they have a, uh, a 2128X, which is that 12.1 inch. And these are both, um, you know, full HD displays. Well, no, let me rephrase that. One, The first one's 1280 by 800 and the second one the larger one is it doesn't show it anywhere right there what they bo do both share is quad core cpus um, they also both have four gigs of flash memory one gig of ram and an 89 degree viewable angle uh, so that's good so you don't have to be directly on to the hmi to actually see it so from there let's go over to wittenstein this is kind of small here um they just announced uh two meter racks for uh, for new applications. So let me show you what that is here. So they previously only uh, manufactured them up to one meter. Now they're offering two meters. It can be difficult to align two one meter racks to get them to perfectly align. So this is a better solution. If anybody's using this product out there, you'll probably want to check this out. From there, we go over the pills. Now I haven't used this product, the PSEN VIP2 but they just released, they're announcing the new release of a function block for dynamic muting on press breaks. So if you're using this product from Pills, you may want to check this out. 
from there we go over to articles and now a lot of these articles I read I don't recommend to you because um, a lot of them what they have is just a bunch of marketing speak but this one from Rockwell Automation I thought was a little different so Rockwell so Rockwell Automation it's live TV folks so Rockwell Automation released a new article from uh, t entitled Digital Transformation uh, Drives Process Automation at first I'm like eh, this is probably just going to be marketing a gobbledygook but it actually turned out to be a pretty good article talking about digital transformation and why plants with uh, who are still running complete analog systems may want to make the jump to digital and may want to um, actually upgrade their systems and they talk about you know the great resignation and retirement they also talk about younger workers not wanting to work with legacy systems you know that were installed back in their grandparents day right all the new workers coming into the workforce they they grew up in the age of touchscreens right where these were that was something we dreamed about when uh, i was going to school so in any case i thought it was a very good article so i wanted to recommend it out to you also we have another article here Omron released a new article why integrated safety is the right strategy for large complex complex applications now I don't I've never done a lot of safety but I really enjoyed this article they stop back at the basics and talk about the very simplest safety system and then they build on that and talk about why you, why you want to network safety things safety products together and I thought they did a great job and I think uh, you know I love this picture of the SysMac here um, and uh, you know they have a full line of products that cover all this you know I'm hoping someday to get them on this show like we just had a uh, uh, Schneider Electric on the show to give us a rundown of the Monocom PLCs on the machine level that was released yesterday at around 3 30 and so I'd love to get Umron on I've been talking to somebody over in Europe from the company and you know if we can't get somebody in America to come on maybe we'll get somebody from Europe to come on we've had a number of guests come on from Europe and uh, actually I've lost count probably over two dozen guests actually connect to us from Europe and come on the show so it'd be a lot of fun to learn about their product line uh, with that next up Opto 22 has a new blog today and this is a, a blog in a video I know when we looked at this yesterday it was mostly just a video but this is a full blog as well and this is taught part of their groove managed series and they have a well done video that kind of walks you through setting up the networking section of it but the article also does a great job of going in depth on some topics like DHCP DNS um, also goes into VPNs and whatnot so if you use an Opto 22 definitely an article you may want to check out from there we go over to software toolbox they recently released an article talking about their top server like OPC server data collection uh, server and um, this top server has redundancy built uh, plugin and that redundancy plugin supports two types of redundancies and I thought this was interesting because I've never used that server right so one type of redundancy is media redundancy so maybe you have a connection to the PLC via Ethernet maybe you have a backup via serial you don't see that too much anymore but in the past that used to be pretty popular well with with this uh, with this uh, feature you can actually set up the Ethernet as the primary and the serial as the backup and then um, they also do like if you have redundant devices like PLCs and hub backup mode you can actually set it up to know which is the primary and which is the backup right so I'm I'm, I'm channeling uh, uh, memories of um, of uh, what are they called aliases back in the RS links classic days so I'm um, pretty cool features I thought they did a great job with the article as well it was very easy to understand so if you're using top server you may want to check that out uh, and we have another article here which I thought was interesting especially for you who have to use computers and want to stay up to date on what's new and exciting in that technology I know I'm a computer guy from way back in the Apple II and Commodore VIC 20 days 
And uh, Global American released an article about USB-C versus Thunderbolt, right? And it can be very confusing, right? And so they do like a little brief history of USB-C and how it developed and and why it's uh, why it's uh, you know the, the 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 plug of choice these days. I love that it's reversible; you can put it in any way. Um, in any case, uh, it also talks about Thunderbolt, right? And uh, Thunderbolt was I and I I always uh, uh, misassign Thunderbolt to a different company, but it was developed by Intel, if I'm reading the article correctly, and um, you know they start out using micro uh, 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 connectors, micro DisplayPort connectors, or micro DP connectors, but it talks about how um, they eventually went to USB-C, and they also try to clear up that they're not the same. Thunderbolt and USB-C are, are very close to to uh, very similar, but not 100% identical. The specs have some uh, differences. Uh, in them. So I thought it was a very well done article. From there, we go over to uh, OnLogix has a new article about how to SSH into a Raspberry Pi. Now, when I got my first Raspberry Pi three years ago, and I started playing with it for a couple projects I was working on at home, um, one of the things I felt like when I first started using, I felt like I was using one of my web servers, right, for the automation blogger at school, because I had to SSH into it, and I was doing all these Linux commands and whatnot. And so um, if you if you are uh, going to stop playing with Raspberry Pis in the future, this is a great little article to kind of introduce you to that, especially if you've never done anything with Linux before. Yeah, I think you'll find this very helpful. I have talked to these guys recently. I hope to get them on to talk about their product line because they have some really good looking computers. Also talking to them about possibly sponsoring some of our shows when we don't have a sponsor. Um, you know, when a, a lot of times a vendor will sponsor their own appearance to keep the ads out. And uh, but when they don't, I'd love to run uh, on Logix ads in those in those spots to you know keep the lights on, right? So from there we go to a couple of articles I thought were really interesting from IEEE. So over on the IEEE Spectrum website, the first article I want to talk to you about today is about is t it's entitled "How Coders Can Survive and Thrive in a Chat GPT World." Now, you know. I've heard a lot of people, especially when the last trade show I went to, they're saying, oh, you know, ChatGPT is going to replace programmers. Not really, right? First of all, there is no AI system on the world that's going to know every single manufacturing facility out there. There's millions upon millions of different facilities. Each of them have unique utilities. They have unique layouts. They have unique machines purchased at different times. No two plants are identical. I mean, I'm sure there are plants that were built simultaneously that are perfectly identical. But aside from that, most plants are built over time as needed, and they're not identical. And there's no way some AI can come in and program your whole automation system. But beyond that point, right, they go through some points just programming in general of, of where AI is not going to be able to do it. I mean, they'd be able to give you a code to concatenate a string or, you know, do some other things like, you know, uh, some advanced formulas, right? But it's not going to know what the, what the uh, you know... Um, the plant standards are, like the naming conventions, the programming standards, and all those types of things, those are typically decided on a plant-by-plant -plant basis. So, yeah, there'll be some, you know, standard tasks that will be made easier. But, you know, I'm thinking of, like, some of the advanced process blocks that some of these PLC vendors have. I mean, I don't think there's an AI on the planet that understands what those blocks do, right? And the other thing, too, is there's a, there's a big... Uh, just like happened with the news industry where all the search engines were scraping news industry websites and and reusing that news and they got in trouble in many in many countries um they they had to stop either either publishing news like you know i'm talking about the big search engines 
or they had to stop paying the news agencies they were scraping because it's copyrighted material. You just can't scrape an entire story and earn all the money from showing ads with that story and put that news industry out of business, right? It's, that's just wrong, right? Same thing with chat GPT, right? The fact that, and we're seeing social media companies have to deal with this because these people developing these AIs are saying, hey, you know that website, that company designed for human beings to read and they're displaying ads to try to make a living? Uh, by providing this free information, let's go overload their servers and scrape like terabytes worth of information. And of course, there's no human doing it, so there's no ad revenue, right? That's not legal. That is not legal. And, uh, you know, the laws need to catch up to that, but eventually they will. So that's another part, and I guess I'm on my soapbox a little bit, but that's another part that, that will be addressed here in the coming years is that, you know, you can't, you can't tr you know, train your software on somebody else's uh, hum you know, website that's designed for humans. I mean, you're working a loophole, and that loophole will be closed. But in any case, to get off my soapbox, I thought that was a very interesting article. There was another article up at IEEE Spectrum, and that was about the development of the Macintosh computer. I know when I got out of college and got my first job for a, in a big company, uh, we had Macintoshes there. They had a great golf game we used to play at lunchtime. And uh, it's always been a very cute and very powerful computer. You know, the whole GUI system compared to the Apple II I grew up on and the Commodore VIC-20 having the GUI and everything was very cool. And um, in any case, if you're interested in the history of the Macintosh, this is a great article. I actually didn't finish it because it's a pretty long article, very in-depth. goes through all the different people who are involved in developing it. So I thought that was interesting. And I wanted to share that with you this morning. Uh, from there, we go over to our sponsored product of today. And this is a course that I've called PLC Basics. This course is actually a, the initial one I released in 2014 with the Kickstarter for $25. I think it's $25. And then um, there's the $50 and $100 one. All three come with lifetime uh, access and support. And this really takes you from being an electrician or an engineer, not knowing anything about PLCs, and then teaching you the basics of PLCs. And uh, in this one, I use the Micrologix and uh, RS Logix Micro Starter Lite. <laughs> That's a mouthful. Because the, the software is free, RS Logix, that version of RS Logix is free, and the emulator is free. And most people have plants full of legacy, at least in the US, most people have plants full of legacy Allen Bradley PLCs, like SIC 500s, PLC 5s, and this is the best way to learn those lines. And it's a really a simpler system before you get into, you know, either a Compact Logics, Control Logics, or S7. So in the future, I do hope to redo this course um, and, and include like five or ten different PLCs and kind of go through, you know, PLC basics for all PLCs. But that's that's far in the future. What I am going to do, anybody who gets the extended edition here. They will also get the next generation course I stopped filming here this summer called um, Ultimate Micrologics, and I'll cover all the Micrologics uh, uh, PLCs, and they'll get that course for free. So I'm looking forward to doing that and going much deeper into the hardware, too. But in any case, that's our sponsored product for today. So um, if we take a look at application stories, Grace Technologies recently released a new article about how they helped a uh, customer with their Grace Sense product line, they helped the customer implement condition monitoring. And by doing so, they really helped them reduce downtime and reduce scrap. I thought it was a very well-written article and a nice case study if you're into those types of uh, articles. Uh, from there, let me scroll back up to the top. Um, 
On the digital newsstand, recently Automation Direct released their Volume 25, Issue 6 of their newsletter. And I thought it was interesting. They cover uh, some new grippers they have there. They covered uh, talk control basics for VFDs. That links to a longer article. They're also highlighting several new products like Cat 6A patch cords and uh, new uh, capacitive level switches from Endress Hauser. And, uh, you know, new Stalin enclosures. And they get some articles as well as a, uh, a word jumble too. So, and a chance to win some free golf balls. I don't golf, but if you're a golfer, Hey, why not, right? So check that out if you're interested in any of those products there. From there, we go over to versions. And guess uh, guess what? Obviously, MDT has a new version of version dog, right? And so I thought this was cool because this is their older product. And now I am talking to them about having them on the show to talk to us about Octoplant. You guys may remember a few years ago, we went through uh, autosave when we did a, got a demo and we kind of went through everything it did. Well... The latest product from obviously MDT is Octoplant. So we're hoping to get them on the automation podcast to talk about that. And um, but if you are running version dog, 9.8.2 has some great features in it. They added support for Rockwell Studio 5000 V35. They added support, we just had these guys on yesterday for Schneider Electric's EcoStructure Control Expert. That's for their DPACs, uh, version as I understand it, version 15.3 and extended support for CodeSys version 3. So it's good to see them updating the older product to support all these newer versions coming out from the big vendors out there. Uh, we also, now as far as events concerned, I found a few I want to share with you. Unitronics, who you may know from being the company that makes uh, HMI PLC combos. Um, I would love to find somebody at Unitronics to get them to come on the show because I really don't know much about them. But, uh, you know, the name's out there, and I'm sure you've probably heard of them as well if you're not already using them. But if you're using their Vision or Samba products or Samba products, um, they're having a, a, a free webinar on implementing cybersecurity with those products. So that's July 12th at 10 a.m. Eastern. And next up, Metla Toledo, who I am also meeting with right after the show today to talk about getting them on the show. Um they have a, uh, a uh, seminar coming up on July 20th. This is a webinar, and it's 1, p- 1 p.m. local time, so Eastern. And uh, it's about their IND360. Now, this is a very interesting. They have like a little mini article here on the uh, event page. And it, this is a, um, a, uh, a weight uh, indicator and transmitter. So it's like a panel meter if you're, not list- if you're listening and not watching. It's like a panel meter, but also it transmits back to your automation system too. So it looks like a great little product. I've, I've known these guys since the 90s, so they make great stuff. And their integration with the PLC systems and field buses is a key for a lot of applications. So that, again, is an event that's on July 20th at 1 p.m. It's an online webinar. All right, from there we go over to Universal Robots that has a, a event coming on. It's a free online event. And it is on, let me zoom in. This is also on July 20th at, uh, looks like 2 p.m. They don't say Eastern on there, so I'm assuming it's Eastern. But in any case, this is about their new application evaluation tool. Tool, tool. So if you are looking at implementing cobots for machine tending, this may be something you want to attend, um, especially because Universal Robotics is one of the biggest names out there in that space. So something to consider if you're looking at an application like that. 
From there, we got one more event here from Obviously MDT. Now, you know, I, you know, when I think of this company, I think of Autosave, right? Or Mass Autosave from years and years ago, right? But um, apparently with their new ProHub product, they can actually do data collection and visualization. So I don't know much about this, but they are doing a live webcast. It's 11 a.m. Eastern on July 26th. So if you're interested in that, um, you can register right on this link here. Now, all the links are over at automate.news, and I'll show you that in a moment. Um, as far as documentation, there were several new documents of interest. I don't show every document that comes out, but ones that I thought that the audience might be interested in. And Rockwell has released a, a several different new documents, and one of them is a brand new user's manual for View Designer. And I want to come down here to the summary screen and share with you what's new. They got a new import and export feature. They got a new uh, new support for Active Directory, and uh, then they added some new uh, features to Project Navigation, Logics Data Type Support. So uh, Control Logics recently added the long or very long uh, date time. Uh, variables or data types that you'll find in other PLCs. They recently added it as well, which is very important because uh, you know some of the some of the legacy date times just aren't that usable these days. They just don't go far enough and don't give you enough uh, precision. But in any case, they also did some uh, basic functions, alarms, Ethernet port updates. So that's what's in this manual here. And then there's another manual for View Designer. It's a getting results guide or a quick start guide. And uh, we can see a list of uh, what they added to this right here. So if you're using View Designer, PanelView 5000s, uh, you definitely want to grab these two books. Now, uh, from there, we will go over to one more uh, new publication from Rockwell. This is called Scalable OEE. Now, like, what is Scalable OEE, right? So when I think of OEE and I think of Rockwell, I think of plant metrics. Wait, factory talk metrics. Look, I go back to Rascal and, you know, Plant Metrics and uh, uh, Historian, and uh, really, really liked the oh, Rascal Transaction Manager and Factory Talk Metrics, two of my favorite products uh, that I, I got to learn as they first came out. And uh, this book does incorporate uh, Factory Talk Metrics in the discussion, but they also incorporate some of the newer offerings from Rockwell from either acquisitions or internal development. And I thought it was really good, well-designed. So if you're looking at implementing OEE, overall equipment effectiveness or efficiency, um, if you're looking at incorporating that with a Rockwell solution, definitely recommend checking out this manual here. Um, from there, I just want to remind you, if you think I missed anything, right? If you think I missed anything, um, please submit a news tip. You can do that on the link at theautomationblog.com or automate.news. And uh, it's a very simple form. You can choose whether or not you want to remain anonymous. Some people do. Sometimes they send in information that's not released yet. Now, we'll always... We don't want to release anything that would hurt anybody or anything that's proprietary that shouldn't be released. So just keep that in mind. So in any case, we only want to release public information. Sometimes vendors release stuff they don't want to release, but hey, if they made it public, we can talk about it, right? But in any case, that's the form you use there. And I also want to thank the automationschool.com for sponsoring uh, this episode. Um, we hope to be able to get some more sponsors and mix it up a little bit. But until we do, um, the automationschool.com is sponsoring this show. This is this is where I teach online. This is what keeps the lights on. So really appreciate if you have anybody in your facility who needs training on automation products, feel free to call me at the number at the top of the screen. You can't see it here because I'm I'm zoomed in, but you can see it up there. That's my sales number. Now, the phone is off most a lot of the times because I'm recording lessons or shows like this. 
But in any case, uh, you can leave me a voicemail. We have companies signing up 10, 20 students at a time, and they love the ability to track the students' progress through the courses. So that's good. And there's discounts for signing up large numbers of students as well. Now, um, if you want to become part of our community, and uh, you know, please check us out at automation.locals.com, automation.locals.com. We are one supporter away. Now, support starts at just one cup of coffee a month, two bucks, right? We are one supporter away from unlocking the next tier, which will allow me to do some, you know, uh, member-only Q&As and live streams. So I'm looking forward to doing that as time permits in the coming weeks. So, um, and I post everything I'm doing up here. Sometimes I'll do behind-the-scenes stuff, but I'm really looking forward to unlocking those live streams uh, at automation.locals.com. And... Another way you can support our work is by picking up our content collections. Now, everything at the automation blog is 100% free. But if you want to get one of our collections to support the site and have everything offline, you can do so very affordably. My Control Logics Book of Knowledge is 10 bucks. My Compact Logics Guide is 5 bucks. Um, all of my first five seasons of my videos, that's over 287 episodes, $35 in USB 30 digital. And then we have the collections like the Control Logics collection, which is over, which is about six hours for $10. And this is lifetime access, downloads, streaming, all included in that price. So we try to keep things affordable for the average guy who's training himself. And with that, this is what the new automate.news site looks like today. Still going to do some work on this, but you can see all the links after the show yesterday. I went up and added all the links here. Each one of these, you just click on them. And it takes you to wherever uh, the uh, link goes, wherever the story goes. And uh, they're all uh, listed by category. So you can see these are publications. Let me zoom in a little bit. You can see over here we got publications. You can see we got videos. Or you can see we got product news, press releases. And so I'll be adding uh, today's links to the site, automate.news. Um, as time permits, I do have to run to a web uh, to a, a meeting with a vendor about coming on the show. Um this filtering system works. These do not yet. I got to do some more work on these. I want to, I am putting in the type of content and I'm putting in the vendors. So like we had a couple yesterday from ABB, right? So you'll see that these are uh, under the press release topic and they have ABB in front of them, but I also tag it with the vendor. So I want you to be able to search and say like, let's say you're a Siemens user, or let's say you're a Rockwell user, or let's say you're an Omron user. You just want to see stories from that vendor. Um, I want you to be able to select that and then filter it by them. Right now, the filter is working for for the, like say, let's say you want to see all articles. You can just click on article, boom. Let's see, click on events. You know, I'll be adding more of these today, press releases and so on. Let's say we want to go to publications. So this is what I have up there. So we can sort by that. I also want to be able to sort by vendor. And I have, I don't know, it must be 50 or 100 vendors added already. And I'm adding more all the time. Like I had to add Keyance yesterday and so on. So... In any case, that, that will come. I also want to shrink down these ads a little bit. They're a little big for, for a site that just has listings on them, but I need to keep them the same as the automation blog for my own simplicity and, and um, insanity. <laughs> so in any case, that's automate.news. If you're a regular viewer of the show, you know that site already. Um, and with that, that brings us to the end of the show. I hope everything worked. This is still new for us. We're streaming. I see somebody commented. In the comments, I still have not made that text big enough to be able to see it from here. So thank you for commenting. Um, this went live out to LinkedIn, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. And uh, it will be uploaded. I am recording it, so we'll upload it later so the podcast listeners can get it audio only. 
and so that you can get on the other platforms that uh, the live streaming isn't working on or is just too difficult to try to integrate this morning. And with that, I want to wish you all a very happy, safe, and healthy day. And until next time, my friends, peace.